Welcome to the Pool Nation Podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. I am your host, Edgar DeJesus, and yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy Nicholas. Today, we're going to try to get to some questions, because last week we were on the podcast, and John rambled on and ate uh, the whole hour, right, Zach? Anyways, I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, Blu-ray XL, Aquastar Pool Products, Natural Chemistry, Raypack, and Heritage Pool Supply. We want to thank them for their continued support mr zacharias good morning how you doing i'm doing good i know i keep saying this but the building is behind us and i've spent the last week back in the office and i've actually been sitting at the desk taking the calls going through the program that we use and i didn't realize what a distraction that whole project was and so it's been super it's been a lot i'll say that it's been a lot of long days late nights, but I'm excited because I've been able to dive back into what we're doing and we're doing it well. But what I'm realizing is we've been doing it well and we've been doing it this way for quite a while now. And we have a lot of opportunity to make changes and make tweaks and really refine and fine tune our systems and even our service. And I'm getting a lot of feedback from customers and from the team. So I'm excited because I feel like we're at that next stage and the next level for us is going to be really fine tuning. And I think fine tuning, we talk about low hanging fruit and things like that. And it's like really fine tuning that low hanging fruit. And I think it's just going to make a huge difference in our business and the quality and our reputation and things like that. So on one hand, it's been a very stressful couple of weeks for me, but on the other hand, I'm super excited to see what the next few years yield for us when we start making these changes we're going to test that space out right john we're going down there in july we're going to test that bad boy out and see if it's everything that the word in the pictures and the video say i have my own little office there wait what yeah we've already talked about it he's got an office and i don't have an office that might be a little crowded up there (laughs) you can share it did he just say that we could share an office is that what he said he did Tell you what, I'll put you at the desk on phones, Edgar. There's your office. That's messed up, bro. It's okay. That's okay. Just remember that one a little bit later today. Hey, a big shout out to Janie, which is on here. Lindsay. Hey, Jason, what's going on? Big shout out to everybody out there. John, good morning. How you doing? 
I'm doing better than yesterday and every day it's getting a little bit better. No complaints over here. I'm in a different location, as you can see. I'm trying out new podcast areas for us until I can get my room set up. But so everybody bear with me. We had some fun times this morning prepping for it, but I think I'm in a good spot here. I think I'm in a good spot. Feeling good. Got a busy day today. I got a lot of stuff going on. Looking forward to knocking a few things. You know, you have a list of shit that you have to get done. And sometimes, oh my God, you got to write it down. We talk about this and then we go after some of the smaller things. I think we did this maybe four or five weeks ago. We talked about it on the podcast where we said, when you're overwhelmed and you got so much crap going on, how do you approach it? How do you get done with it? Or how do you knock it out? Write it all down on the list. And then some of the things that are the easiest to take care of, you get them done at first. So that once you start checking off all these items, what once was something that you might look at and is like overwhelming and stressful, you start to change mentality and you start to feel better. Oh my, okay, I'm getting this done. And then you start getting in the groove and then you're, you're feeling good about accomplishing things. And that's where we're at with our list of things that have happened in the last couple of weeks or last week or so. And we're starting to make some headway and catching back up again, because just like when you think life always throws a curveball at you, when you own a business and you run a business, everybody that's listening can relate. Sometimes you're like backed up one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Sometimes we are in like installation and repairs that we have or are going out to taking on new clients just because we have so much work that we're doing and we have to set things back because there's only so much time in the day for us to do it. And you just think, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? And then once you finally get caught up and you feel good and then you have maybe like a few days or a week of feeling, yeah, okay, I got everything back in control and then bam, you get hit. And then you're back in the hole again. And then you're pushed out like a week or two worth of work. And that's where we're at. But I think we're climbing the mountain and we're getting to where we need to be. And things are finally starting to get back into control again. And life is good. Obviously you had a hell of an experience. And so is that kind of getting back on track? Are you? No, it's still a shit show, man. A lot of things are out of my control and I'm sitting waiting for others to take action. And I don't like being in that position because I don't know, I'm not a control, I'm not necessarily a control freak, but I just like to know what's going on in my life and my surroundings. And a lot of things, part of being a business owner is you get to pick and choose what you want to do when you want to do and how you're going to do it. But that doesn't always work in life, right? And sometimes you have to relinquish control to the powers that be, and you have to wait for other people. Just for example, yesterday I was, look, I'm a stickler on time. I really don't like to have my time wasted or anybody else's time wasted, but people are making appointments with me and I'm sitting at the old place waiting for somebody who was originally going to go and couldn't get there. And then because their car broke down, so we had to reschedule and I didn't find out till after the appointment that happened. And then they were rescheduled to yesterday and then they were supposed to be there between 11 and 11.30 and here I am taking time out of our day so we can go there and be there. And then here comes 11.35 and nobody's around, no phone call, no nothing. I have to initiate the phone call to figure out what's going on. And then I'm told, oh yeah, he's running 20 minutes behind. Oh, when are you going to tell me that? And if you knew it was going to be 20 minutes behind, then why don't you let me know? And then I could have gotten here at that time. But again, the reality is that's how a lot of businesses run. And these we're talking about multi-million dollar companies that still run this way. And it's frustrating a little bit. And today we have three other people that we're going to be meeting at certain times. And do you think they're going to be there at that time and things are going to work out that way? No, I'm going to have to sit there all day waiting for people to show up when they're supposed to be there, but they end up not being there. But anyways, 
again, it's a little frustrating. But other than that, once we get through this, I think we're going to be okay. That is awesome. Yeah, I remember talking to you yesterday when we were on the phone and you were waiting for that guy to show up. And it was like, all of a sudden he sends a message. My question is, do you think his car really broke down? I'm going to say no. Probably not. (laughs) But it's like you said, it's crazy. I talk about it all the time. If we operated that way in any way, like I don't know how we would even have a business. And it still goes on all over the place with big companies. And I think that some of the two most common things that you get is my car broke down or I'm not feeling good or I'm sick. That's their tend to go to instead of just going, hey, man, I apologize. My last appointment took long. I should have called you. And you're like, okay, great. No, but they go to the first thing. But anyways, I do want to give a big shout out to Jamie at Natural Chemistry and Todd Pieri. As you guys know, I had Ricardo from Raypack out here this week. And we shot a video, which was almost two hours on the Ray Pack heater in Spanish. So that's going to be my Monday. So we've been in the process of editing all that, putting all that together. Great, great guy. Ricardo, big shout out to you. The amount of knowledge that you have is just absolutely mind blowing. We completely geeked out going down rabbit holes, talking about heaters and he services a lot of Latin America. So It was really fun for me to sit there and talk about the different markets in Peru and Panama and Colombia, even freaking Venezuela. So it was awesome. And he also services, does a lot of the training. Reem is obviously international. And then they obviously have the rate pack as one of their products. And so then what ends up happening is those Reem, not outlets, but the offices will pull him to come out and do some of those trainings and stuff like that. It's just absolutely interesting how every market is completely different out there everywhere. And we were sitting there joking. And so we get into the studio and he's, I'm going to do a little video and I'm going to share it. And I'm thinking he's going to do like Instagram or something like that. Nope. He has 700 contacts from Latin America on his WhatsApp group. And we think our WhatsApp group is big. We got, what, like eight of us on our private WhatsApp little thing over there. He's got 700. So he posted it and dude, his phone like blew up. It was like the whole time where it was like, he's okay. That that was probably not a great idea. I need to turn my phone now because now it's just not going to stop. And then people would send him like little voice messages. Oh my God, that's so cool. Send us the link. We want to see it when we're done and stuff like that. I really enjoyed the time with you, Ricardo. Ray Pack, another big, huge shout out now. I want our listeners to understand the cost and the effort that goes into doing this because we created the Pumain University app, but we are asking these companies to get these trainers off of their schedule, fly them to Dallas, have them stay out here, come into studio, do those videos, and that's all on their dime. They're paying for all of that, right? So that trip alone probably costs a couple thousand dollars just in travel and meals and transportation, not talking about the time for Ricardo. And then he really could have spent that time gone over to teach 40 people in a class or something like that. But for them to take that schedule out and send them out to do that video and for Spanish. So huge thanks to Ray Pack and to all of our sponsors for doing that. Next week, and I put them back here, which the boys were teasing me for showing the products in the back of the thing right there. But I got a box from Jamie and Alicia because they're coming out and I'm super excited to have them out and go out and 
get some food and have a great time and shoot some videos. So they sent me, John, all of their products out here. And so we will talk about those on the videos that we're going to shoot. And then Todd sent me their ozone. So I have that downstairs. So this week I felt like a little kid in Christmas because I was getting boxes at random and I'm like, what's this? And by the way, all these chemicals guys came in a Chewy's box and I'm like, <laughs> who sent me a Chewy? I'm like, did somebody hear that I love my dogs and they're sending me stuff? And then I go open it and it's all the natural chemistry. So it totally felt a little kid opening all that. Anyway, so big, huge shout out to you, Ricardo. Big, huge shout out to Jamie and Alicia that'll be coming out. I have to absolutely give another huge shout out to Steve Barr and guys. Like this guy is just absolutely crushing it at a whole different level. He's making me level up my game. Zach, did you see the video that I sent you yesterday? The link? No, did you send it? Yeah. He was working on some VGBA stuff for the app. And then he sent me a video. And and so on the video, John, he is doing the video. He starts talking about the VGBA, right? And that's one of those topics that you really have to pay attention to get down of how it all works. And so... He's doing the video and he's like, hey, this is Steve Vars, blah, blah, blah. He starts talking to John. And then all of a sudden he goes, you know what? Hold on just a second on the video. He's like, hold on one second. We're going to talk about VGBA. But you know what? It's a little bit of a complicated topic. So let's talk about what the VGBA is and let's put this video to the side. So he goes like that. And then his editing skills, he moves that video out of the screen. And now he jumps up and he's like, hey, this is Steve Vars. Let me explain to you what the VGBA is. And he does the explanation of what it is. And then he goes like this with his hand, with his two fingers. And then he goes, now let's get back to the video. And then all of a sudden it transitions back into him in the video doing the training. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, my editing skills are crap. I better get my game on. (laughs) So last night, what do I do, John? Zach, I'm sitting here watching YouTube videos on how to up my game on the editing to be able to kind of transition. And then I'm like, John and Zach are going to kill me when I'm going to be like, okay, guys, we need to do a little something funny. So, John, can you do oh, this? Yeah. And I could just dude, see John oh, going, God. oh, seriously, dude. God, come Point on. That's so corny. And turn this way. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Zach, push him into the pool just for a laugh so it'll get views. Anyway, so huge shout out to Steve Barnes. Those will be up on the Pullman University app today. So there's two different videos on VGBA. He does a great job. He goes out into the field. He shows some drain covers, explains how they should be plumbed, all that kind of stuff, different covers, great videos. So definitely go out there and check those out. So anyways, next thing I want to talk about really quick is the Pool Nation Boot Camp. And we are going to be doing a boot camp up at the International Pool and Spa Show. I want everybody to continue to pay attention. We've got some details on that's going to be coming out. We are going to be doing classroom style for water chemistry, filtration, all that kind of fun stuff. And then we are going to be doing our series on hands-on training. We have a variable speed pump class. We have ozone heater class. We have automation as well. And so I want to thank Aquastar. I want to thank Raypack. I want to thank Hayward for partnering with us to be able to do that. And then the last thing that I want to talk about really quick is we are going to be doing the Women's Summit, and that's going to be August 25th. We are up to 78 women that have registered. We only have 100 spots left. 
So for any women out there that want to attend, please go ahead and register. You can do that by going to poolnation.com. And then there is a big button there for the Women's Summit. Click on that. You'll be able to get the details of everything that we're doing there. But it is going to be a great event. The other thing is we do have the final category selections. So if you're listening to this podcast, got about a week to go into the app to the Pullman University, register, send the categories that you want in there. And then what we'll do is we'll finalize those here within about a week and a half. And should we announce those in advance or wait to the nomination night, John, to the day that we announce the opening of the nominations? I think we should wait. So not say anything. And then the day that we open nominations, people can find out what they are. What do you think, Zach? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I think you want me to, I'm going to tell you why, right? John, can you explain to Zach what we're talking about? (laughs) I'm going to tell you why. I think it'd be nice for us to be able to say it beforehand a little bit and not wait, but I'm going to give you the cold, hard truth right now. You ready for it? Hit it. I was just thinking as I was dozing off Uh mentally as we go through our housekeeping, because we have a lot of stuff that we have to cover at the beginning. We talk about this, talk about that, talk about this, all these things that are going on that we're doing. I don't know, a few months ago or six months ago or eight months, whatever it was, we had a laundry list of stuff because we had a lot of stuff going on. We had the awards coming and all that. And we kept talking. And every podcast, every time we did our lives and stuff, we were like 20, 30 minutes into it because we had all this stuff that we were doing and that was laundry, laundry list, list stuff that we had to go through. So <laughs> I'm thinking just recently we started to shorten up that list a little bit because we accomplished and we got, we finished some of the Western and stuff. Right. We had a bunch of things and there was just stuff we had to talk about. And we talk about it every single time so that we can get the message out to everybody. And I was just thinking right now, I go, wow, our laundry list is growing again. And we, so if we add that, then we have to add that to the housekeeping. If we add that to the housekeeping, then we're going to be even longer. Oh yeah. We wouldn't oh, add okay. it to our laundry list. I'm just talking about like at one yes, point, then, at yes, some yeah, point, I think we on the yeah, Instagram oh, yeah, live. As long as um, we don't name them out every single time beforehand. Then no, after then no, I think no. we should at one time put it, give people some time to figure out who they want to nominate because it takes time for them to find somebody or think of somebody and then come up with and submit it. We don't want anybody missed because they didn't have enough time. So we want to give them as much time as possible to nominate somebody. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we'll figure that out here within the next week or two. We'll talk about that. Get those, definitely get those out there. So John's actually flying back to Dallas next yes. week, right? Thank God. And then Zach, you're coming yeah. up. When are you I'm coming deciding up? Deciding Thursday, huh? Wednesday night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to cover phones for me? Oh, what I'm going to do is serve you your yeah, divorce right. papers. Yeah, Leslie's right. going to ship them to me for me to serve you. <laughs> Uh, and what we're going to do is she actually reached out to me and said, you want funny content? I'm going to send you the divorce <laughs> papers. You catch it on video and you post it on social media. On and a, then let's a, laugh Instagram and see who's funny about it. <laughs> Somebody sends a request in to jump in and we pull them in oh, and it's God. the server. Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> Zacharias Nicholas. Yeah, you've been served. All right, so we got all of those things out of the way. Super excited to jump in here. We have a couple questions going on. Oh, by the way, we're still trying to figure out our Pool Nation Instagram page craziness, right? So we'll figure that out. In the meantime, gentlemen, 
guess what? I'm going to go and film probably not next week, the week after that. What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) I spaced out. What would you say? I'm waiting for you to reveal. What? Wow. So I'm actually going to go videotape a six and a half million dollar pool. Oh, dude. I cannot wait to see that. Six and a half, six and a half million dollar backyard. It's insane. In Texas. I am super excited. So in Texas. Six and a half million in Texas is 20 million in (laughs) California. Yeah. And here's the thing is the pump room alone. Guess how many square feet? 3,400. That's a good guess. 3,324. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is. Dude, the equipment room is 3,400 square feet enclosed. Oh, for real? 3,400 yeah. square feet enclosed. I, like, I'm for real. I am dying to get out. This pool is going to have a wave pool. We're not talking lazy river. We're talking wave machine. Like, Boosh, boosh waves. So I am boosh, boosh. You like that, John? Boosh, boosh. That's going to be a meme that somebody's going to pull out of the podcast and post all the social media in the background, right? Lights flashing, right? Yeah. This is residential. (laughs) Yes, this is a residential. Yep. Wow. Can't wait to see. Everybody keep watching and keep paying attention to our Pool Nation podcast Instagram page because we'll post it probably there in, in the meantime. And we're still trying to figure that out. We're, we renamed the page. We, not that it'll affect you guys. It'll just play there. But I'm super excited to get out there and take a look at that pool. So that's that. Let's get this party started. John, you ready for some questions? I'm ready. Let's rock and roll. You ready? Zach, you ready for some questions? Yeah, let's do this. Zach is out of it today, John. I think he's either playing arcade games back there on his phone or Tetris or something. But I'm just waiting for my rain, rain. to kick in. To rain you in? To rain me in. To rein you in. All right. So here we go, gentlemen. I am a pool pro with my partner and we sub some stuff out and we want to hire our first hourly team member. What would you say are some of the things that I need to look out for? Who wants to go first? Who's going to hit the buzzer? You want me to go first, Zach? Okay. This is the million dollar question or the billion dollar question, right? That every business owner This is the pivotal portion or part in any business man or woman's journey where they will make or break their company almost. It's the scariest jump aside from starting a new career or being your own boss. When you've lived the life of a W-2 employee and you've worked for somebody else, it was very scary, I'm sure. One of two things happened was either you were forced into becoming your own business owner or becoming a business owner and making that leap and that jump because something happened with your previous employer or two, you were in a position where you wanted more and you didn't see a career path. But regardless, you took that leap to start your own business and jump into the unknown as a business owner. And that was a very tough decision for all of us to make. The second biggest decision you make as a business owner is when you decide and when you bring on your first employee, if you ever do bring on your first employee. And that is the thing that we've all spoken about and talked about and asked questions in so many different ways. But at the end of the day, we're all just trying to find out what is the magic potion and how do I know exactly how to find the right person, right? And if they're a great employee or not, because how many times have we 
worked with somebody or if you have hired somebody where you think that they're amazing, you think that they're great, and then all of a sudden they end up being crap. And it's hard to find good people. As business owners especially, the pitfall we fall into is that we expect somebody we hire to have the same love, dedication, or feel like that they have as much skin in the game as we do. And sometimes you look out and you'll find an amazing employee that is just a self-starter and is just motivated to be the best at what they do and ends up being great. But the reality is those are few and far between. Those are one in a thousand, maybe one in 500. It's hard to find those types of individuals. The majority of great workers are built, right? They're built because you provide a atmosphere or an environment that they can thrive in or they feel comfortable, they feel wanted, they feel needed, they feel like they're a part of something. They feel like they're wanted. I don't know how else to put it. And that is our responsibility as a boss and as a manager and as a business owner to help provide that type of environment for our employees to thrive in. The majority of people want to do well. It's our job to find out what makes them tick and what works for them. And we embrace those strengths that they have instead of focusing on what their weaknesses are when we talk about strength-based hiring and strength-based organization. Again, and I know I'm tip-tapping around this question a little bit, and it's not really a straight answer because there really isn't one, but there are some non-negotiables that I think that you need to look into or you need to take into consideration when you hire somebody. But the first question would be really, why are you looking to hire somebody? I'm reading the question and it says, I'm a pool pro with a partner and we sub some stuff out and we want to hire our first hourly team member. So what does that mean to me? I'm thinking of, and again, I might be overanalyzing this, but I'm thinking of this question. I'm saying, okay, so you sub stuff out. I would imagine you're subbing out repairs or installations and stuff of that nature. So you are doing service or maintenance, however you want to call it, wherever you're at in the country, where you're servicing or cleaning pools and you are subbing repairs out is what I'm making of this. And you want to hire your first hourly team member. So what does that mean? Are you hiring somebody so they can do repairs? Or are you hiring somebody to do service so that it frees you up to do repairs? I don't really know what that question is. So this could be a very long answer here. And I'm going to try to cover all bases. When it comes down to, look, if you were subbing somebody to do repairs and you want to hire an employee to do repairs, I would be very weary first because... If you're in a position where you're servicing pools and you need to hire or rely on another company to do your repairs and installations, I don't think you're really in a position to hire a repair tech because if you're not capable or if you don't have the understanding of what it takes to be a good installer or a repairman or whether they're doing the job correctly, are you really in the position to know what qualifications somebody should have? or how good they should be, or whether they have the knowledge required to do the job, because you might not have, you haven't acquired that knowledge yet. Does that make sense? You guys following me on that one? So if that's what you're doing, then I would be very weary on that. And I would rely heavily on prior experience with other known companies. They've worked for other good companies out in your area, and it is hypercritical that you follow up on 
references and you try to find out about that person before you bring them on board and put your company's name on their shirt or they wear your logo. If you're doing it and you are hiring somebody, so you're subbing people out because you don't have enough time and you have plenty, you're doing a lot of repairs, but you just can't get to them all and you don't want to miss them. And you're using somebody else in conjunction with you and you're looking to hire a technician something like that. And that's a completely different story than if that's the case, then you have to figure out what role they're going to be in and then find qualities that are distinctive to somebody's attitude or who they are as an individual and prioritize that over skill. And what I mean by that is if you are having a technician that is servicing your clients and interacting with your customers. Don't hire somebody that is shy or doesn't really want to talk or is afraid to interact with people or just hates to interact with people. But again, if you're hiring a technician that maybe does installation or repair or zoom plumbing or whatever, and they're in their own little world and that's not really their gig or their job, it doesn't really, of course you talk to clients, you talk to them and you interact with them. Maybe that type of attitude or that type of personality would be better serviced if they were like somebody who does your filter cleans or does your plumbing or that might do your electrical work that has limited time of interaction with customers. I would look for those types of things and see what type of person they are. And then from there, I really don't worry about what they know about the industry because I believe it's harder work for sure. But the result and the outcome, I think, is much better when you approach it this way, is that when you teach people the skills, then you can teach them how you like to do things and how your business operates, and you don't have to worry about bad habits. I always say this, the hardest part about learning is unlearning. And in this industry, sometimes there are a lot of people out here that have bad habits that they've learned over the years that you have to take on or now have to fight or battle those bad habits if you bring somebody on with a certain type of experience or if they're jaded in any other way. So we like to bring people on that don't really have the skill-wise portion of it because that's where our job comes into play and we get to help mold them into who we want them to be. And in turn, you teach this person of invaluable skill and you help better themselves and their livelihood And they feel in a certain way indebted to you too, because now you've really become that mentor, mentoree type mentality thing. Long story short, that's what I look for. To me, it's more personality, work ethic. How do they look? How do they present themselves? How do they speak to you? Do they show up on time? Are they punctual? Just that type of stuff to me is more important when I bring people on. Zach, let me backtrack a little bit here. A big huge shout out here to you. Let's see here. Shannon, big shout out to you. David, what's going on? Morden. Zach, let me backtrack a little bit. And obviously, John hit on a lot of great points when it comes to bringing somebody on and finding those people without those habits and training them. But talk to me a little bit about you and your process, because you made a comment on here that a lot of that can be tricky because if you don't have the experience on what to look for, and they say that they have the experience, how are you going to verify that? Can you talk a little bit about the pool boys and maybe some of the things that you look for and then how you can identify that? (laughs) And this is a never ending thing to try to figure all this out. And I was having the conversation with some of my guys the other day and I was letting them know 
people is like the biggest key thing to like our success. If we could figure out the people piece and how to do this successfully each and every time, we'd be unstoppable. And I think that's the case for a lot of companies. So back to my comment there, I think for me and Justin, it was a lot different because we started with repairs. So we went out, we did this for years. It was just us. We really learned these things. And so worked it backwards. And by the time we got into maintenance and everything, we had a really good understanding of the equipment, the functionality, how it works, what it does, and a pretty good understanding of the pool itself. And then there was a lot of learning the chemistry, learning the maintenance side prior to making that first hire. And so you could go out, if you don't have the experience, like John was saying, and you don't know how to properly make a repair, do a fix, someone can come in and you can hire someone and they could have worked for reputable companies and say they have all this experience, but how are you going to verify that? And we've had a lot of people come that we've interviewed and they say they have three years experience, four years experience, whatever, but the going through the interview process with them and I start asking these questions, I start to find out they may have put in that time, but did they really learn during that time? Do they really have a full understanding of what they're doing? And you'd be amazed. I've talked to people, been in the industry four years, and I'm like, okay, something about how do you lower the pH as simple as that. And it's, oh, you pour the liquid. It's like in a bottle and it's a liquid. And so I start finding these red flags. I'm like, okay, if you're not able to articulate like some of the products that you use to do these things or some of the tools or some of the parts, like it starts to put these red flags. So for us in our process, I think The interviewing piece is really important. And I've had this conversation with you, Edgar, tons of times. I'm constantly asking questions from Leanne, like, how do I improve this? I'm constantly thinking about, I asked this question this way and I got this type of response the last 10 interviews. Maybe I need to look at like tweaking this question a little bit to try to pull the information that I'm looking for. So for us, it's just the process of interviewing and you're never going to hit it out of the park. I've had so many people come through that I'm like, oh my God, okay, that was a killer interview. Like they did great. I really like this person. I think it's going to be a good fit. And then, yeah, recently we had one and they, we went all the way through the process, all the way up to here's the first day of work, see you at seven and then never heard from them again. There's a lot of reasons that can happen. I always like to say, Zach, that the 90 day rule, right? Like people will come on and you're like, oh my God, they're phenomenal. I'm like, wait 90 days and then make judgment on what it is because people will show their true colors in 90 days. No, and that's a sorry, Zach. A piece of advice that you have given me that talk time and time again because I'm saddened almost more than frustrated at what happened, what this was looking so well. And I've really taken that to heart. And so now it's You don't have to be cold. You don't have to be rude. You can be engaging. You can be nice. You can be professional, but just curb those emotions and that excitement. Because in the beginning, it's easy. You're like, I'm going to get my time back. Okay, I'm going to get some of my time back to be able to focus on these other areas. And then three weeks into it, you're let down and buried from it. And that's so something I want to talk about. And I was making notes as John was talking here is I think one of the main things that people need to think about or come to an understanding when they're looking at making that hire is your time. Do you have the time to put into the training, to managing them and to their development? 
Because I think a lot of people, when they're looking for that hire, they're doing it because they're maxed out on time. And it's, okay, I don't have any more time. I can't take on anymore. I can't work on my business. I need to get someone in here so that I have the time to do these things. But the reality is that person, that individual is going to take a lot more time from you. And you have to be prepared to invest that time and you have to make sure that you have it. So if you have something where you know, I don't know, you have restrictions where you can only work from nine to five and anything outside of that, and you're not going to work weekends and you're not going to, then I would say you're probably going to be disappointed because you can't just bring someone on board and give them the quick rundown and put them out there and say, here you go. You're going to end up spending a lot more time cleaning up after them and handling problems in more of a reactive manner. And there's going to be problems and you're going to have pool customers that are upset and you're going to have to manage that. So I think that's something that everyone should really sit down and say, I don't have time now. I need to bring someone on. It's going to take a lot more time, but I'm going to go through this painful process and I'm going to give it my all so that at the end of the day or when I get through to the other side, then hopefully I can have time to work on it. And it's going to be something where It may not work the first time and it may not work the second time and it may not work the third time. And you've got to be willing to put in the same time and effort each and every time. Because from my personal experience, you put in time into someone, they leave for whatever reason, it leaves you not wanting to put in time into the next person that comes. I don't know. I know that's a lot and I know it's rambling, but. I want to follow up. I want to ask you a couple of questions, but let's do this really quick. Let's take a word from our sponsors. When we come back, I'm going to jump in and ask you those questions. The HyperPole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. 
Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing needs 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Natural Chemistry, a leader in specialty water care solutions for over 30 years, is proud to provide products that make pool service easier than ever before. Its unique enzyme formulations in Pro Series Pro Blend improve efficiency of your pool program while reducing frequency of filter cleaning and scum lines. Natural Chemistry is also well known for its wide variety of phosphate removal solutions that include a non-clouding formula in phosphory and extremely high range removal with Pro Series Foss Remove or Foss Free Max. Save time, save money, save work with Pro Series products. Stop sacrificing durability or efficiency with the help of Raypack's new Avia HD models that utilize NITEC, their exclusive industry-first technology. NITEC Heat Exchanger Technology is Raypack's latest solution to superior strength and maximum efficiency when it comes to residential pool heating. With 900% more nickel compared to Cooper Nickel in critical surfaces, NITEC creates an ideal surface to protect against scale formation and erosion without compromising on Avia's 84% thermal efficiency. Learn more at raypack.com slash nitech. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. While we were out listening to our word from our sponsors, I was sitting here just looking at my phone, and so somebody was messaging me going, hey, we want to go take a look at that pool with you. And then I started chatting over here with David going, Edgar's jamming to the pool invoice music. And so we started to have a conversation there. And Steve Barnes jumped on. So big, huge shout out to Steve Barnes out there making me up my game. So... Big shout out to you, David. Jeanette jumped on as well. So shout out to you guys. Appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. So let's continue our conversation. So Zach, you obviously talk about that interview process, which I agree is super important and looking for those things. And then John's talking about obviously being able to bring those people, keep them motivated and stuff like that. How important do you think it is to, after you're going through that interview process or through that interview process, bringing somebody on to really have a clear job description and an expectation of what that person is going to be doing? How important do you think that is to, to that person's success? Before we do that, I want to add something, which I think is very important. I think a lot of us don't realize before it's too late. And it's a situation that a lot of guys and gals go through, unfortunately, and I can name countless that have done it because they were put in a position where they felt like they had to and they did it. And then it ended up being just a nightmare for them. And Zach brought this point up and which was a great point is usually when as a business owner, an entrepreneur, when you start your company and especially when you're hiring your first employee, unfortunately, when we get to that position, the majority of the time for most of us, it's when we should have already hired somebody and we're already in that point where it's, wow, we're backed up in a corner, stress as an all-time high, things are just hectic, crazy, and you need somebody or something has to give. Some, you're at a breaking point and you're at that position where you need to bring somebody on. And when you're in that position, unfortunately, and you haven't planned ahead in the future or prepped for it or prepared for it, 
you put yourself in a position where sometimes you lower your expectations when you shouldn't, or you seem to justify certain things or take more chances. And I promise you this, this is one of the, look, it's an old saying where he goes, don't touch the fire. It's going to burn you. Don't touch the fire. It's going to burn you, but you have to touch it and burn yourself first before you learn from it. And I wish people can actually listen to this, heed this warning here. And don't put yourself in this position because it will be a disaster sometimes for some companies and not to do scare tactics here, but it can destroy your company. Don't settle. Don't take sometimes when you bring somebody on, if you got a bad feeling or they're not the right person, or if you take the chance with somebody and you bring somebody on that could be a headache or potentially is a headache, or there's some, a lot of red flags and you don't nip it in the bud at the beginning or don't stop it, it can end up being a disaster for you as an organization, right? And you bring on some schmuck or some pain in the ass person that is going to single-handedly destroy what you've built and can turn into a nightmare, like legally and financially, and can destroy your reputation. Don't put yourself in a position where you feel like you have to settle. It is a very important decision and bringing on that first employee and whoever you bring on, it's very critical that you choose the right person. And I'm not trying to scare anybody when I say this, but they can be more trouble than they're worth if you hire on the wrong person. So just be careful. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to really have a deep knowledge of that interview process and sharpen those skills and exercise that muscle, because that's the one thing that's going to help you filter. And you can't win them all and you're not going to win them all. And I've seen the best of people at interviewing. I've seen some people in very high end positions as CEOs and stuff like that. And you can't win them all. You need to understand that interview process is a process for you to dig down, to ask a lot of questions. You should be doing only 20% of the talking, right? But really let that candidate talk for you to be able to fish all that information out. And all you can do is practice that muscle so that you can try to get to the bottom of it and try to find the right one. If you do happen to get that first hire and it turns out to be a nightmare, you can't be shy of it. You've got to give it another stab, but you have to go through that skill buildup of your interview process to try to filter as much as you can. And that's the key word, filter, because you're not going to be able to get all of it. Right, Zach? Absolutely. And we talk about like taking that leap and hiring that first person. And even you guys have been involved in, I don't know how many interviews and hiring. And I've been quite a few now at my point in my journey. And it's like, I still find myself in that position of like temptation of there were these red flags, or a lot of times you tend to just turn on your head and "Ah, whatever, and then doesn't end up working out for X, Y, Z. And then you look back and you go, you know what? It was right there. This was right there in front of my eyes, but we were in a time of need or we really just wanted to get going and and you can't ignore those things. And I think that a mistake we make and something I have to constantly remind myself is we can train people, right? We can train them on the task. We can train them how to test the water and use the kit or operate a pole or whatever. But most of the time, you're not going to change them as an individual. And Edgar's talked about it. Leanne's talked about it. Past performance dictates future performance. And when you're going through that interview and you're asking these questions, you're getting these answers, or you're looking at that 
job history or they're walking you through their job history. A lot of times we overlook these short-term 12 jobs in the last three and a half years or whatever. That's a little excessive, but you know what I'm saying? And you have to stop and think, what are you offering differently or what are we offering differently that's going to make that change for them? Because there's some magic thing that we have that all of a sudden this person's going to be happy and satisfied and they're going to stay with us forever? Or is there just something where maybe they can't sit idle and they've got to be trying new things? I don't know what it is, but you got to pay attention to the information you're getting and you've got to really process that. No, I just want to, let me add something real quick. And I think it's important is you also need to come have a strategy or a game plan for an exit strategy as well, right? Anytime you bring on your first employee, you need to understand and you need to be prepared on what will happen if they don't work out and have a game plan on what you need to do and the steps you need to take so that you can protect yourself. And it could be a smooth exit transition because Sometimes we think, oh, we hired somebody, everything's cool and everything's great, ready to go. But then now you have to prepare yourself for a whole heap of other issues that could be coming up. Like, all right, what are you going to do when they call out sick? What are you going to do when they say that my dog needs to get put out or I have to go pick up my brother from school or I have to go do this or I have to do that or I'm not feeling good, my tummy hurts or whatever it may be. Or I woke up, I only slept an hour last week because we partied or I don't know. What are you going to do and what's your game plan around that so that you can protect yourself and your company? Because those are the types of things that you need to take into consideration as well. Yeah, that's a great point. And so one of the points that I have on mind is really having that plan. And I think that's one of the things that as business owners, we do, we just jump in and sometimes we don't create that plan. So that comes to, to Curtis in the back end. But Zach, coming back to the job description, as you're bringing people on and you're going through your interview process, you're interviewing on that behavior-based, I think that's a key indicator is that past performance will always indicate future performance, right? So if somebody's done something in a certain way for their entire life, it's very difficult for them to change. Some people do change, but for the most part. How important is it for you to have a really clear job description for them to know exactly what it is that they're going to be doing. So this is funny because for a long time, like I've had a job description and you build a job ad and you put it out there and people respond to that job ad and say, Hey, I'm interested in the position. And I've gotten all the way to the interview. And as we're going through the interview, I start realizing, and I even when they're getting ready for the interview, I give them a copy of the job description and everything. And I realize they really don't know what they're applying for. Like they don't even really understand what we're interviewing for, like what the role is. And it's very important that they know what the job is, obviously. And it's very important to have a good job description so that you know what you're interviewing for, because you need to have a clear picture of what the tasks are, what the responsibilities are, what the job looks like for them so that you can ask your interview questions to try to pull the information that's relevant to that position so that you can make sure that they're a good fit for that position. And I think we make the mistake, and in the beginning, I definitely did. When you get to hiring and you get to all this, it can be a little intimidating. It can be very intimidating. You tend to prolong or you kind of put off getting these things in line and coming up with that plan. And The problem is if we bring someone on and we don't have a clear understanding of what they're supposed to be doing, you can't just throw tasks at a person. 
And if they don't have a clear understanding of what they're doing, how are they going to do the job to your liking? And how are they going to be able to do a good job at what they're doing? So the job description is something that I don't think a lot of people put enough time in. There's like templates and people copy paste and things like that and put it together. But you need to build a job description that is for what you're looking for and how you want the role. And you need to be very clear that these are the tasks. These are the responsibilities that you're looking for. I don't know if that answers the question. Look, and I don't mean to be the grim reaper here, and I seem like I am. Everything I'm trying to be like negative, but it's not. I just want to be really, really clear here. But that's also how you hold people accountable, right? If they don't have an understanding of what their job entails, how in the hell are you going to hold them accountable to it? And then that's where that disconnect comes. Oh, my boss. Oh, God, this place sucks. I didn't think this, or I didn't think that, or I can't believe he's asking me this, or that's not my job. I wasn't. And you start to get, re- you yeah, start to get that resentment. <laughs> but if you're very clear, see, the problem is sometimes as the interviewer, when you're in that position, I'm talking about where you feel like you absolutely need an employee and you're like almost you're pussyfooting around it because you don't want to scare them off either. And you want to get them to accept because it looks good. And then all of a sudden you hit them with it and you think it's going to work out. But if you're clear with everything and they understand what their job description is and they agree to it and during that interview or that production, because that's all it is, it's a show. You're sitting there puffing your feathers up and you're showing, look at my company, look what we have to offer, look what we can do for you. And then you have the interviewee who's looking at, look at me, I can be an asset to your company and look, I could be an amazing employee and I can do this and that and everybody's putting on a show, right? But during that time, it is when you lay down these clear expectations of what your job entails. So there is no gray line. There is no sunlight between what's expected and what you ask them to do. So they have a clear understanding and they agree on it. And then if you do that and you get through it, then you set yourself up in a position where, yeah, you do filter like what Edgar's saying. You filter out a lot of the nonsense because there will be a lot of nonsense and there will be some people that are just are great actors and they'll put on this amazing show and they'll say everything and anything they need to do. And they go through the honeymoon period where everything's hunky dory and everything seems beautiful, but eventually they show their true colors after two, three months. But those people aren't as many people that can get through that interview, a good interview where you can really see those red flags, like what Zach is talking about. And And I'm venturing off to a different subject here, but it goes down to like, it goes hand in hand when it comes down to accountability, because when you do performance-based accountability with employees, and this falls into with interviewing as well too, with job descriptions and them agreeing with it and what they think. It's like when I used to sit down and I used to write people up or have conversations with people and hold people accountable, and we go over, this is what your expectations are, and you understood, this is what it is, da-da-da-da, what do you think we should do? Or what do you think this and get their buy-in when you get someone's buy-in or their idea of what they think should happen, or they come up with a plan or a game plan, then now they have, they create ownership in it. And mentally it makes them feel obligated or understand that they have to do it. And that's part of it. It's hardwired in their system. So it works the same way. So when you sit down and they fail again and you go back, Billy Bob, we talked about this and you said that, oh, and now you're going to talk to every customer that comes in within 10 seconds. You know, that's what you should do, but now you're not doing it. I'm holding you accountable to it. The same thing with, when it comes down to interviewing, when you talk about this and say, hey, what do you think the job entails? What is your, I always like to go, okay, here you are, Zach, you talked about you're surprised people don't read these job descriptions. And the reason why is because the majority of people that are looking for jobs are desperate and they're just looking for something. 
and there's hit and submit and they don't really care because the people that we attract, especially in this industry or something like that, we're not talking about people with PhDs and people that have been working in the corporate world for decades and have a 10 page resume and stuff like that. We're talking about younger people, right? Maybe people just getting into the workforce, especially if you're hiring them as like a service technician that are maintaining pools, or maybe somebody who's answering your phones up front at the desk. These are more people that are usually younger and a little bit less experienced. So to them, they're just looking for a job and they have no idea what they want or what it is. So I always like to talk about it and say, hey, look, so you came here and you applied for this. Walk me through what you think a day at the pool boys will be like. You know, what is it that you, after you're reading this job description, now what do you think your job responsibility is? And what do you think you're going to do here without me even talking about it? I want to know what their mentality is, why they walk back here and what they think their job. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. That's what you're telling me. And then those are red flags. But if they can go, I'm expecting to work hard going out. We had a pool growing up and I saw the pool guy. I'm going to have a truck. I'm going to go out there and work. Da, 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 da. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that and go through and you get into their brain and see what they think, what the job entails. And then that's where you go and fine tune and say, oh, right. Okay. You're, yeah, you're right. And this is, but this is how we do it here or whatever it may be. And then you come up with a mutual agreement and they get and they get that buy and they have that full understanding when they walk out before they accept a job or after they accept a job or whatever it may be of what their job is going to entail from the minute they clock in, right? What is it to you? What time your shift starts at eight o'clock? Tell me, walk me through your day, right? Or walk me through getting to work and how it is. Oh yeah, no, I'm going to go, da, 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 I get there. I'll get there right at eight o'clock. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, no, you're probably going to leave a little... I'll leave a little bit early. I usually head out so I can give myself 10 minutes in case for traffic so that I can get there in time. You know what I mean? I'm going to go. I probably pick up my morning coffee, whatever. I walk in, I'll say hi, I'll clock in. Those types of things. You start to see these things. And then immediately I'm going to go do this or that. And you get a feel of who they are without you even laying anything on them and seeing their mentality because it's hard to fake that. And if you can fake it and they do, it's really easy to hold them accountable to it because they're the ones that it was their idea, right? That's what they brought up. Hey, you told me this is what you're going to do. You told me this is who I'm hiring and I'm bringing on board. This is what we agreed upon. I'm keeping my end of the bargain. You're not keeping your end of the bargain. Okay, now let's revisit this again and let's figure out what we need to do to, to get you to get back on track. So let me ask you this. To me, I think one of the biggest mistakes that new people do when they're hiring for the first time and they're bringing on is that probably get into the mentality of, okay, I'm hiring this person. I brought this person on. Now they have to go do this task, right? Now they do that responsibility. Doom, it's off my hands. I'm done. Here's the job that you're expected to do. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that they make is that then they don't worry about motivating that person. It's very easy to be in that situation where you have to hire that first pool pro to get 60 pools off of your list and you feel that relief. But then, Zach, there's no motivation, right? There's no fostering that work environment to motivate them and keep them there. There's just that expectation of you came, here's your job, do it. And then you deal with people going, everybody keeps leaving. Everybody lasts two months or three months and then they're gone. There's no strategy to be able to look at that and go, there's something wrong with what it is that I'm doing that I can bring people on. They could be doing the job that I asked them to do. And two months later, they leave. 
I would say, look at bringing that person, look at making sure that you are filtering, that you do the best that you can, but you have to remember, it's not just to bring them. Now's your job. I pay you to do that job. I have an expectation because employees want more than that. They want the recognition. They want the work environment to be a good work environment. And if you don't do that, it's a piece of that puzzle. You're going to be filtering through people every two and a half months. And you're going to be going, why do people not stay? And it's because you have a shitty work environment. You don't motivate, you don't engage your employees. You don't make them want to come to work. And then you're just in that vicious cycle. Okay. Can I say more or no? Yeah. <laughs> that, okay. Let's that jump right. in first and then you can hit it. And John, I threw this one out because I know what you're going to talk about, but go ahead, Zach. So this is something that this is my current mission of trying to, this is where I'm at in my journey, right? Trying to figure this piece out because like I mentioned earlier, like I've come to the understanding over the last couple of years that it's all about people and we can build the best service. We can get the best profit margins. We can get the best price points, we can, whatever, we can design the system. But if we don't have the right people and the people that have the buy-in and they're invested and they want to be a part of that and they're passionate about it, it sounds crazy. And that's the challenge. How do we get people to be passionate about work and going out there and doing this hard taxing job and coming back day after day to do it again? And so it's like you hear talking about family and all this. And I came to the realization that I spend more time and the people here spend more time together than we do with our own families outside of work. And so this is a constantly changing thing. You cannot figure it out or start to figure it out and feel like you've got it handled and then say, okay, cool, I've got this dialed in. Let's go. Because two years down the road, the mentality is going to be different. A lot of the principles will be the same, but I think one of the biggest things is engaging your people. You talk about how to keep them motivated. They're out there doing the job and then they leave six months later. What happened? They were doing good. I thought it was going well. It's going to tie into vision. People want growth. They want opportunity. They want security. If I were to go out and get a job, I would be doing it to improve my financial position. And then for the long term, how does this opportunity play into my life goals? And so now that's something I start talking about around here with everyone. What are your life goals? What are your work goals? And how can we make those, not necessarily make those, but how do those align with what we're doing here? And can they be achieved here? And you get that feedback and you start learning about what it is that drives people and what they're looking for and what they're trying to do. And you start trying to find ways. Can I create a company to where they can accomplish these things and stay here? Because if you can create a company where they're engaged, where they have growth, where they have security, where long-term, maybe they have whatever, retirement being set up and taken care of and the environment and the culture's good and you're investing in their personal development, then in my mind, why would you go anywhere else? In most cases, why would you go anywhere else? So it's not something that you're going to bring someone in. If you bring someone in and it's all good and you put them in the position they go and they're thriving and you disengage with them and you're at some point, they're going to start going, okay, this has been great, but what's the next step for me? What's my next move? 
100%. Look, we could talk about this probably for another 10 hours, right? Because this is a very complex subject and it's not easily answered. I don't think there really is a, there is no black and white answer for this. Because again, we're dealing with humans. We're dealing with people and people are complex. Zach, say this all the time. You're only good as the people that work for you. And it doesn't matter how great you are, but if the people out there that you hire that are representing your company are shitty, then your company is going to look that way. It's just the reality of it. And as business owners, we need to own that and understand that. So it's so important when you bring somebody on that they're the right fit. And that's why it's such a scary decision. It's a scary decision mostly for people because they don't know how to, they're, if they're going to financially be able to afford them. But the other more important, more scary thing is the reputation, right? And what they're going to do for your company. That is the real reason behind it that you tend to not really realize it until almost till it's too late, especially after your first time, right? But no, just like everything in life, you learn for it. Another interviewing tip that I just want to put out there that I think I used all the time and I felt that it helped me get to what I'm trying to talk about here is, look, yes, you're the interviewer. Shut your mouth. Don't talk. You ask certain questions and stuff like this. You got to remember, look, when you're being interviewed, you answer with what you think they want you to hear. So when you're asking this, oh, are you going to be able to work? Are you going to show up on time? What are they going to say? No, I'm not going to show up on time. Of course, they're going to say they're going to show up on time, right? But you got ways, or do you like to work outside? Oh yeah, I absolutely love to work outside, right? That's my favorite thing. That Okay, really? So you might get that answer and you think, oh, okay, everything's great. But if you approach it differently and you say, hey, look, this is what I like to do. I like to sit back and go, okay, just talk to me about life. How did we get here? How did you end up finding us? Walk me through a day of your previous job and what you did. Talk to me about what you like to do. Just things like that. I want to know Whoever this person is and call them by them, I want to know about you. That's what I want to know about. Tell me what drives you. Where do you see yourself five years, 10 years from now? Forget about my company or something like that. Because everybody's going to say, oh, I want, I see me here and I see me this or I see. No, tell me what are your dreams and your aspirations? What drives you in the morning? What makes you happy? What is the one thing you love to do when you go home off work or whatever and stuff like that? And then just let them talk. And you'll get to learn and see, oh, I love playing video games, right? Uh, and I'm a video game, video game, video game, video game. Okay, you're probably not really outside much. You don't play sports. You don't really like to work on cars or you're not doing this or that. You're not using your hands on anything, you know what I mean? And you're inside video gaming it. You're probably not really familiar with being outside all the time or 120 degree heat. And these are the things you need to think inside your head, right? You can draw conclusions and do stuff. Not saying that somebody who does video games wouldn't do that, but if you just allow them to talk about who they are and what they do, and they say, oh yeah, my other boss was a prick because he got mad at me because I stubbed my toe and I couldn't go to work for a week because my toe hurt or so on, things like that. And then you start to, you give them enough rope, they'll hang themselves, or you'll learn that they're an amazing person, right? And they have these qualities that you can actually build on and you're like, oh, okay, oh. Ever since I was a kid, I always worked out in the garage with my mom or my dad, and we were working on cars, and now my dad owns a landscaping business, and for the summers, I worked with him out doing landscaping, and I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that, and I actually loved it, you know what I mean? But me and my father have a relationship where it's hard for me. I want to work for him, but I feel it's a little tough because he's my dad, and it's a little awkward and stuff. And you start learning these things about people and you can make good quality decisions. I can ramble on for another 10 hours, but I know we have to stop. So we're going to stop. Wanted to touch on Smiley's comment. 
Yeah, go ahead. So Smiley said, how do you keep your president's team from being nervous, competitive about bringing on more team members? And I see you answered it on the chat, but I wanted to bring it on to the podcast. And that's exactly Edgar's response is you got to share with your team what the reason is for that. And so that's really going to depend too. Your reason is going to depend on your vision. And you've got to be able to articulate that vision with your team and keep them in the know on what the company's path is. And so if you have a company and you're like, we're going to get to 100 pools and then that's it and we're going to maintain and you're at 100 pools and you're bringing someone on, yeah, you might want to... What's the reason for your team members may question that? Hey, we're here where we need to be. What's the purpose of this? But I can bring it in from the pool boys perspective. And our vision is it's growth. That's what we want to do. We want to create opportunities. We want to create careers. And when we talk about bringing people on, I get... The team gets excited. Hey guys, we're putting out a job ad. We're starting to look at hiring. We're going to start interviewing. And they're like, oh, sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. They're engaged. They're asking me questions. How's it going? Who have you talked to? Has there been any good candidates that have come in? And it's because I'm talking to them and I explain, look, here's our vision. And we want to grow. And the bigger we grow, the more accounts we have on it, the more markets that we go into, the more opportunities there are. And there's more opportunities for more roles. As we grow as a company, we're going to need in-house HR people. We're going to need different levels of management. We're going to need service managers. If we grew multi-state, we're going to need area managers. And then as we open more locations, we're going to need building managers. And we're going to need more office people to be office managers. And so you explain that additions to our team, good additions to our team benefit the company as a whole. And when the company grows, you obviously, you get more revenue. And as you get more revenue and you get things in volume and you can increase your profits, then you can start looking at things like adding benefits. You can look at things like raising the wage ceilings on different roles. So that's how I present it to the team. And there's obviously the whole, I guess, thing of it's not guaranteed. You got to will it and you want to have that mindset that it is going to happen, but we can't guarantee that you're going to be an area manager in Dallas until we get to that point. But we're going to create these opportunities for growth. And so that's how I put it here. And it seems to work well. And it's exciting to see everyone else get excited when we're looking at bringing people on. And I also talk to the team and let them know that the way that you interact with a new person from the very beginning is going to help dictate how they thrive here. If that person comes in on their first day and everyone's cold and they're like, hey, what's up? Or if you go and you're like, hey, I'm Zach. Nice to meet you. Welcome. Glad to have you on board. This is really exciting. And you really get them excited about it. It could really change that relationship from the beginning. So... That's just how we talk about it here. Absolutely. You got to definitely sell that vision. Hey, everybody out there, John is, John's in the same boat as I am. I just got my daughter that told me that I have to leave to take her to work here. And I know John just got a call that he needs to head out for. So here's what we're going to do. Normally we do final thoughts. Normally we jump on here, but what we will do is we'll actually skip final thoughts for this podcast episode. And Zach's driving up to Fort Worth with, by the way, John, 
he's driving up towards where I'm at. He never said anything about coming to visit or any of that. So I'm not going to take it personal, Zach. (laughs) So anyways, so everybody out there, we will take our final words from our sponsors here for this. And then Zach and John, I will let you drop out when we come back. I'll finish the podcast also. So you guys can head out. See ya. Have a great one, guys. Everybody have a great Memorial Day weekend. I hope you guys enjoy it. Catch us next Wednesday on our Instagram Live. We will be talking to Kim from Heritage next Wednesday on the Instagram Live. Go follow at Pool Nation Podcast on Instagram, and you can catch us there. Zach, John, I'll let you guys go. We'll catch you. See ya. The Hyper Pole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray, all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. 
Natural Chemistry, a leader in specialty water care solutions for over 30 years, is proud to provide products that make pool service easier than ever before. Its unique enzyme formulations in Pro Series Pro Blend improve efficiency of your pool program while reducing frequency of filter cleaning and scum lines. Natural Chemistry is also well known for its wide variety of phosphate removal solutions that include a non-clouding formula in phosphory and extremely high range removal with Pro Series FOSS Remove or FOSS Free Max. Save time, save money, save work with Pro Series products. Stop sacrificing durability or efficiency with the help of Raypack's new Avia HD models that utilize NITEC, their exclusive industry-first technology. NITEC Heat Exchanger Technology is Raypack's latest solution to superior strength and maximum efficiency when it comes to residential pool heating. With 900% more nickel compared to Cooper Nickel in critical surfaces, NITEC creates an ideal surface to protect against scale formation and erosion without compromising on Avia's 84% thermal efficiency. Learn more at raypack.com slash nitech. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. We're finishing our podcast a little bit differently. Hope everybody has a great Memorial Day weekend, and we will catch you guys on Wednesday on the Instagram Live. Have a great one, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com.